When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Know what's happening? It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, Carl Dukes. Put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger. Of course, Jason Lacanfora, a part of this podcast as well. And man, it's been a busy week. Mandatory minicamp for all the teams around the National Football League, and everybody will finish up this week, and then they get a break. But my buddy Baldy had a chance to go to two interesting places. Over the last few days, one of them, Pittsburgh, the other, the New York football giants. And I want to start there, Baldy, because there is a lot of excitement about the Pittsburgh Steelers and where they are um, with their new quarterback and Kenny Pickett. A lot of people think he's going to take the next step in year two. He's going to take a jump. So let's start with your visit to the Steelers and my man, Mike Tomlin, who a lot of people say, by the way, when I wear my visors, I look just like him. Uh yeah, you know, uh, well, we'll see if there's a doppelganger there or not. <laughs> I, you know, I, I've got this extra large cup of coffee here this morning, Carl, because it was that kind of a week so far. But it's just one of those weeks where, you know, you get in your car and you drive to Pittsburgh and they got to walk through and, uh, you know, early in the day at 10 o'clock in the morning. Then they got a big practice in the afternoon. So you're around the, and then I did, I did a TV show there. So I was there all day. So I walk, I walk, I get there and, um, I got invited to come, so I couldn't turn it down. But I, I go out there for a walkthrough, and Tomlin's out there. And, you know, it, it, and you know the, the offense is kind of breaking it down. Kenny Pickett comes right up to me, introduces himself. I never met Kenny Pickett, but he knew who I was. And, uh, you know, we're in the facility where, you know, he spent his entire college career. You know, I mean, Pitt, you yeah. the Pitt Panther banners up there. And Kenny Pickett, you know, the ACC player of the year. I mean, it's, it's, his picture and name is all over the place. Of course, on the other side, it's – all the Hall of Famers from the Steelers. So it's, you know, it's a unique place. And, um, you know, college, the college players are still there. I got a chance to meet Kalijah Kansi this year, you know, guys that came out of that program. And so, you know, like people recognize me, they know comes some of the things that I've done. So it's, it's good like that. But, you know, the thing about, so I was talking to Mike Tomlin and it's kind of interesting because he, he, he comes up to me and he's like, he goes, Baldy, these kids, you know, like you got to understand that these guys are in transfer portals. They're here, you know, they're in this program, they're in that program. Um, you know, like they don't know anything that you, you, you have to assume that they don't know anything about the game. Like they had a, a period the other day where there's a two minute drill and a rookie receiver catches the ball and he's down the ground. He just, he, uh, he just gets up. He's not tackled and he just, you know, throws the ball to the official. Mike's like, you're in the NFL, son. Like, this isn't a first down. Like, <laughs> like just the basics. Yeah. So he's like, you know, it, but he, but to Mike's credit, he's like, you know, I've got to teach more now than I've ever had to teach to get these kids up to speed. And then I got to find new ways to teach because some of the old ways you get old or they're not effective, or I've got to start earlier in the, the evolution of becoming an NFL player. 
And I just had that in mind the entire day. Um, and so when you're around this team, they're very youthful. They have, you know, Broderick Jones is 21-year-old left tackle, and Nick Herbig is a 22-year-old pass rusher. And Jalen Warren is second year backing up Najee, who's in his, you know, third year. And, you know, George Pickens and Pickett. And you just go through the roster, you know, and then this Keanu Benton that they drafted out of Wisconsin, who they're super high on. And you just start looking at key guys on this roster and you go, man, they're young, but they got the right coach. They have the right culture. Like you could see these kids growing up very quickly around Cam Hayward, you know, and around TJ, you know, and around some real veteran guys that are there and established. And so it's just an exciting thing because when they practice now, I've been to six different OTAs. I haven't seen a practice like this. I mean, you might as well put the pads on. Like they get after it. And and Tomlin is everywhere, Carl. Like he's like, they're they're running a two-minute drill. And he's like, all right, there's 38 seconds left. Like here's the situation, bam. Like teaching situational football, making sure everybody understands the situation, where we're at. We're down in the four-yard line. We got one play left. What what are you doing defensively? Like huddling the defense up. Like you can't give up six. You, You can't do the penalty thing. You know, just taking every moment possible to like teach, to, to learn a situation here that might come up in a game that might not, you know, and so it as, as a as a fan, as an analyst, as a guy that loves the game, I couldn't get enough. I simply couldn't get enough watching it. You know, and so I I I I just if if Kenny Pickett takes any kind of a step and he played really good in the second half of the season, won some big games for him. Like if he plays with the level of consistency that they need, that anybody needs at that position and what they've done on the offensive line, how they've upgraded it, the heavy competition on the defensive and offensive lines, um, which both needed to be upgraded. This could be a highly competitive team. So Matt Canada is the, the OC, right? He's there. What is he trying to do? What, what is he, what is he trying to do there with the guys that they have? You know, everybody has a philosophy, I feel like he'll be better in year two with, with his quarterback, like you talked about. But what is he trying to get accomplished? Because I think he's got one of the most talented wide receivers in in, in Pickett. Not Pickett, but uh, Pickens. Uh, Pickens. Pickens. Uh, and those two had a connection last year. It seemed like that could be a, a tandem that you're going to have to deal with. Talk to me about Matt Canada and, the, and his Steeler offense, because that's really where I think the key is. I, listen, TJ's going to get sacks. Hayward's gonna. You talked about. It. They're gonna. They're gonna be able to get stops. I think defensively. Are they gonna be able to score points in the red zone and move the football when they need to? And I think that's gonna be the big thing for the Steelers. What do you think? I agree, but I think it's gonna start with a really strong rushing attack. Like I think the offensive line has been addressed. Isaac Sayamalo, Roderick Jones, Nate Herbig, competition um, at a lot of spots. I think they're gonna get a pretty good five up front. Um, I think Najee is like, I don't, we haven't seen his best football. Like he's a worker. He's got a great attitude. He's great. You know, I mean, he's not Jerome Bettis yet, but he's got a personality like, like the bus. Like it's, it's a little bit, it's pretty big. You know, I mean, he's a fun guy to be around guys gravitate towards him. Uh, He has a good time at practice, but he's an enormous, powerful man. Jalen Warren is a good number two. They're looking for a third back. I think it starts with the running game, Carl. 
you know, this this uh, Darnell Washington is just this massive, you know, oak tree at tight end for him right now. And, you know, they've got Friar Muth and they've got Zach Gentry. They've got huge tight ends that can that could do multiple things. I feel like they could become and you've got to run the ball in November and December of that division just because of the conditions, the weather. You don't know what's coming at you. You remember like week 15 last year, they played the Raiders. That was the weekend that they were supposed to celebrate Franco Harris. It was, I don't know, minus 15 degrees there. I mean, it was bitter, you know, and so, and it was hard to throw the football. And so, you you know, you, you better establish it. I think, I think they're going to run the ball in a variety of ways more effectively. And then from that, you've got Pickens, you got Deontay Johnson, you got Allen Robinson. I mean, you've got some dogs now that, you know, can go get it. And so, you know, whether it's play action whether it's moving picket, picket, just watching him. He's got good movement, even when he was at Pitt for 48 starts. Like he moves well. He's not a runner, you know, he's but he's got he's got he's got the ability to keep plays alive. He's got good eyes. Um, so I think you know, if things do break down or if they want to extend plays on bootlegs or whatever, like he's pretty good on the move. What do you think about the addition of Patrick Peterson in that secondary? Um, I, you know, I look at Minka Fitzpatrick, who's a player when healthy. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., we've talked about him on this podcast and when they drafted him, the legacy to the Steelers. And now you add, you know, Patrick Peterson. I'm looking at that secondary and I'm going, okay, have they upgraded? How how much better is that secondary going to be, Baldy? Well, so, you know, Joey Porter Jr., you can't help but notice him out there. You know, he's not wearing number 24. (laughs) And, you know, he's – you know, there's just not many guys playing on the edge built like that, you know, six, two and a half with long arms. But, you know, so it's good that Patrick Peterson is there because I think he could be a mentor to Joey, you know, because there's just fundamentals. There's just so much to learn out there. The, the raw talent and ability is there. And now you need to be in a room through walkthroughs with a guy that has seen it all like Patrick Peterson has. They also have this young player. Uh, that they picked up from uh, uh, from uh, from Purdue, Corey Trice. Corey Trice, seventh-round pick, I don't just recall, but he wears number 27. Like, he is a clone of Joey Porter. Like, mm. he's 6'2 and a half. He can flat-out run. He's long. They might end up, by the end of the season, starting two rookie corners out there that are both kind of like wow. cut from the same cloth. Big, long, fast. And talented. And so I think Patrick Peterson is there to kind of be the mentor. He can still he can still line up a play. He's not what he used to be. Um, but I think he's got a, a real good role in that group right there right now. Baldy, let's shift gears and talk about the New York football giants. You had a chance to visit them as well. I, I think, you know, all the conversation about Daniel Jones, let me say this. Joe Shane, the general manager, did an excellent job of not overpaying Daniel Jones. He did. Daniel Jones, I think, got a fair deal. Um, Obviously, he's not a top five quarterback, but he's not in the bottom half of the quarterback tier either. And so he got a fair deal. But there's a lot of talk right now about Saquon Barkley not being happy about being tagged and whether or not he's going to get his deal. So tell me what you learned about the Giants, because – Listen, that's a playoff team. They got beat, you know, all three times they played the Eagles last year. The Eagles were just a better team. But that doesn't mean that they won't come back and look different, 
maybe be more productive offensively with the weapons they now have acquired. If they can get this Saquon Barkley situation figured out, he is tagged, guys. He could play under the tag. I don't know what's going to happen. They have until July 17th to get a deal done. Baldy, what do you know? Well, let's just take Saquon Barkley out of it for a second, okay? All right. But obviously, you know, he, he is a huge part of it, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I, when I was at – I went to Giants yesterday, Carl. And so the first guy I see, like just, just as a fan, the first guy I see is Darren Waller. He's wearing number 12. Like you just – he's just different. Like to be that big, fast, and, and smooth in everything he does, it's, it's just – it just captures your attention. But when I was there, I started thinking about something Bill Parcells used to say when he was coaching the Giants. You know, he's always very blunt about everything. So <laughs> Monday nights, it was, you know, it was the coaching staff and their game planning for the upcoming opponent. And he used to say this. He goes, and he's looking at the next team. And he'd go, okay, who's the problem players? Like, who's who's a problem? And that, that's how Belichick came up with this whole thing. Like, all right, we got it. We got it. Here's the problem. Let's take this guy out of the equation. Let's let's see what we can do to limit his production. And last year when I went up there, the only problem player I could see was Saquon. And we didn't know if Saquon was going to return right. to form until he did. So you'd go up to Giants practice, and there was nobody that said it was a problem. Now you go up there and you go, okay, there's Darren Waller. He's a problem. Saquon, he's a problem. Um, you look defensively. You know, Kayvon in his second year looks like a problem. They drafted Deontay Banks at corner. Like, he's going to be really good. They have these two massive guys in the middle in Big Cat Williams and Dexter Lawrence, and they brought in Raheem Nunez, Rochez. Like, they're good in the middle, and they signed Bobby O'Karake. Like, they they have they – have like, even the defense coordinator, Wink Martindale, had texted me. He goes, we're starting to look like a professional football team. Bobby. <laughs> and they have. Like, the talent level – if you just said slot receiver – Okay, slot receiver, Paris Campbell, you can't help but notice his speed. He's wearing number zero. Number zero is just a blur. Now, he's had injury history at Indianapolis, but he can – he's a 4-3-40 slot receiver. Then you have Wandale Robinson, who was really good for him before he got hurt last year. Yeah. And then they have Jamison Crowder. Like, there's competition there. Then there's Darius Slayton on the outside, Isaiah Hodgins, and they drafted Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Like, there's competition there. Then there's Waller and Bellinger, and you go, man, like if Daniel Jones, they had, you know, he ran for more yards than any quarterback in the league last year. He ran for over 800 yards because he had to. It was the way that Brian Dable decided, like, this is the best way to win games. We'll keep the defense off the field. We don't have anybody that can cover. We're playing guys off the street. Let's possess the ball. Let's run the ball. Let's control the ball. And Daniel Jones cut his take, you know, his turnovers way down. He was a big part of the run game, but I feel like now they can, they can drop back and throw it, Carl. Like, I don't know if they're at the Eagles yet, but they're going to be much more competitive with the Eagles. Um, you know, they took down the Vikings in Minnesota in the playoff game. Like they're, they're going to be much better and they're, they're talented now. I mean, they, Aziz Ojolari, Kayvon Thibodeau on the edge, yeah. you know, you look like at Dory Jackson and Deontay Banks and Xavier McKinney's back there, and you go, wow, they got a secondary this year. I mean, last year they were taking guys like Fabian Moreau off the street and plugging and playing them because they had to. But now I'm watching Wink like with some overload blitzes yesterday and some pressures because they can hold up on the outside, I think, a little bit better than they have. 
So they're going to be they're going to be a team that I know people are down in the NFC and all that. I'm not down on the Giants at all. If they get the Saquon Barkley figured out, situation figured out, and I don't know, like, like Saquon basically is going to have two choices: play for the ten million dollar tag, or withhold his services. And I can't see Saquon withholding his services. And I don't know what the figure is for a deal. Like, I just don't think they're going to give him Christian McCaffrey money. Like, I just don't know if that makes sense. Because, yeah, you know, I, and I don't want to downgrade Saquon. Like, he's, a, you know, he's, but he shouldn't get a, a discount because he wants to be in New York and he's a giant. He wants to be there forever. Like, he's not going to take a, a player discount because of that. So I don't know how Joe Shane is going to get this rectified. But I know Joe's pretty sharp and pretty smart. And I know the Giants want him. So I feel like week one against the Cowboys, Saquon will be in the lineup. One way or I agree. No, I agree. Listen, the rumor is, uh, and guys, it's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us. We put new episodes out usually on Tuesday and Thursdays. This week, a little bit different. Baldy was on the road and we, we have stuff going on, but we definitely get episodes out and make sure you subscribe so you can get the new episodes. And we're on YouTube, by the way, at www.youtube.com slash at in the huddle pod, P-O-D, and check us out there. Baldy, the thing about Saquon, though, the rumor is that he allegedly, okay, we don't know this for sure, turned down 12. They offered 12. And then somehow that number went to 14. And the reason why he spoke this week and it wasn't at Giants minicamp. It was, you know, he was somewhere else. But he is frustrated with the information that's come out that it didn't come from him. Like, somehow it came from the organization. And 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 listen, we know how these things work. Sometimes teams go, hey, we offered this dude, and he doesn't want what we offered. So we're going to put it out there so the fan base knows we are trying to get a deal done. So whether it was 14 or 16, to your point, it's not McCaffrey money. It's not 16, you know? So... I don't know if Saquon is like, look, I do everything that guy does. Why can't I get that? You know? So I, I don't know what the number is either, but I, I'm hoping that they come to a long-term agreement for Saquon's sake, because at that position, you know, guys just don't last. He could play his butt off this year and then next year have a fall off. And all of a sudden, you know, the money is not there. So from that standpoint, I hope he gets it. But from the giant standpoint and a team standpoint, and, I'm a, and if I'm a fan of the giants, I like what they're doing. I like how they're building, to your point, and what they're trying to do. And I think Brian Dable showed everybody last year, Baldy. He's legit. He's legit. legit. I mean, I was – I think I might have said this, uh, you know, in a, a former podcast with you, Carl, but I went up to training camp twice last year. <clears throat> and I came away both times saying, this could be the worst team in football. Like, honestly, there was nothing like they, they couldn't like if Wink blitzed the offense, they literally couldn't do anything like they couldn't like they looked awful. I don't care what part of the practice offensively looked a mess. And defensively, I knew there were holes everywhere, you know, at middle linebacker, at corner, um, you know, I and I as talented as Wink is like he still needs horses. You know, he still needs players. And so um, and then. The way that they started playing and the way that they kind of got competitive and then started winning, like it was a masterful, it was what coaching supposed to be. All right. What do we have? How do we maximize what we have? I mean, it's just that simple. And I saw Dable do that. And then I saw the way players became more confident 
you know, because they had major injuries. Thibodeau got hurt in preseason. He wasn't starting the season. Xavier McKinney, Xavier McKinney broke his hand like on a four-wheel accident on a bye week. I mean, they lost key players. And yet they kept it together. They had guys off the street, Richie James off the street, Isaiah Hodgins, who were throwing the ball to, a rookie tight end who got hurt, but it was a good player. Like, and Daniel Jones had his best year. And I said, the quarterback got better. The team improved. You're playing rookies everywhere. Like, that was, to me, the coach of the year, period. And it, it totally sold me going forward that he's the right guy and he's in lockstep with Joe Shane. And for the first time in a long time, um, the Giants felt like they were aligned the correct way. General manager, coach, quarterback, system. Like yeah. It's being rebuilt in front of us. And I, I feel like they got a strong foundation. And I think, you know, everything is on the up right now. Before we get to what's going on in Buffalo, which is kind of interesting, uh, we're going to talk about what Kirk Cousins had to say as well in Minnesota. Were you surprised Wink didn't take a head coaching job? I know he was a hot candidate coming off the playoff run. Were you surprised he didn't try to leave or, or that he didn't leave? Because I know he had chances. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close with Wink, and I've known him a long time. And I, he, there's no question he wants a, a chance at a head coach, just the way Mike Zimmer got one or Vic Fangio later in their careers. Like, he wants to be a head coach. But he also is smart enough to know not every job is the right job. Mm. And so, you know, there's got to be certain things in place, whether it's the ownership or whether it's how they're run or the culture. Like, he understands that if he takes a job, it's probably some kind of a turnaround. But not all turnarounds are the same either. And so I think Wink was is fine where he's at. I think he enjoys working with Brian Dable. He, I think he really respects the organization. But, you know, not every job is – some jobs, like Denver wasn't a good job for Vic Fangio. It just wasn't. And so um, there's certain things that you have to have in place. You know, there was an ownership issue in Denver. Yeah. was last year, you know, even for, uh, you know, the coach that was there, Nathaniel Hackett. Like, that stuff has to be straightened out. There's – you could go around this league right now, look at some ownership groups, and you go – Man, I don't know about that, you know. And so I think that's kind of what Wink was looking at. And he comes from Baltimore. He's been around the leagues, been to the Raiders. Like, there's got to be certain things in place uh, for him to take a head job. Yeah, great point, Baldy, about, you know, jumping at these jobs. And it's why a lot of these young guys who get jobs don't succeed. You know, Sean McVay is – he's the exception to the rule, right? He's super young, gets the job. You look at, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, right? Gets an opportunity, goes to Arizona, doesn't last because of the, some of the things that you're talking about are just not in place. So everybody looked at McVay and said, we want that. We want a, you know, a 34, 36, 5-year-old guy to come in here and do what he's doing. And it's just far few in between where you see that have long-term success because of the things that you're talking about. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dix with you guys. It's in the huddle. We're talking about all things NFL. This week has been interesting because of the uh, mandatory mini camps around the league. Coach is trying to get the work in. You heard Baldy trying to – a lot of teaching going on, a lot of stuff before you get back to camp at the end of July. And some of these teams, like the Jets, will start before that because they're getting ready for the Hall okay. of Fame game. So let, let's talk about um, Buffalo real quick. I think they're a contender. I think that they're built to go to a Super Bowl. 
And last year, I was on the Bills heavy saying, if they get home field advantage, they'll get there. They got home field advantage and got beat by the Bengals and soundly beat. So they come back. They address needs in the offseason with free agency. Obviously, I thought they drafted well. But now this week, Baldy, and I don't know what to make of it, so I want to I get your, your take on this. It comes out that Stefan Diggs allegedly was not at the first day of mandatory minicamp. And that really wasn't the story, guys. The story was <laughs> that his quarterback, Josh Allen, came out and said, Steph's my guy, and we need to do a better job, and I'm paraphrasing here, of communicating in this organization, which then made everybody think, well, what's going on with Coach and, and, and Diggs? So yesterday, <laughs> Coach Sean McDermott comes out and says, this is resolved. It's over. <laughs> and I know he's trying to put an end to this, but, Baldy, this is kind of weird. He was there. He wasn't there. Okay, he showed up the second day of minicamp. Uh, the last thing the Bills need is distractions. That's the last thing they need. So it's very bizarre. It, it's very, very bizarre. Um, because – What's so the, the what you just phrased there, Carl? Like, what's it? What what what's it? Like, because both Josh Allen and Von Miller addressed it, the coach addressed it. And so, what is Stefan's beef? Because nobody knows. And so it's resolved, it's over. Um, he was in the building, he didn't he left, he went home, he was excused. Uh, it's over. Well, okay. I mean, you can cover it up, you know, however you want to cover it up. But the fact that the quarterback has to come out and sort of defend him, like we know he's your boy. We, we could tell. I mean, that's easy. Right. Like go to practice, watch a game, watch them jump into each other's arms. Nope, they're like two kids having finishing each other's sentences. We know they like each other. We know they enjoy playing with one another. Von Miller feels a need to come out and say, I wouldn't be part of the Bills Mafia if it wasn't for Stephon Diggs. Well, what we need to hear from is mm. Stephon. Like, what is it? Like, because if you just say, okay, we're going to keep it in house. Well, there's a problem if you just keep it in the house, because these guys are coming out and saying everything's fine and he's our boy. Okay. But this is the team game. Everybody's at minicamp. Like this is the end of the spring. We've got a five week break. We start the season. Things aren't right for whatever reason, whatever that is, how, um, whether it's the way the team is built, we saw issues with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and how the team was built. Some guys feel a need to, to say things or the way that he's used or the system. Of, something's not right. And it's a bad way to leave for the summer. It just is. And I'm not here to yeah. dump on Stefan Diggs. I, I'm a big fan of his. And, you know, he's welcome in my film room anytime. He knows that. Um, but that's – this is you, – you just – this, this, the type of behavior that we're witnessing leads to us and hundreds of other people that do this for business, for living, speculating. Wondering. Yep. And yep. so that's the worst thing because then you get a lot of mistruths coming out there about, well, he's not happy. He's, well, they, they shut down the contract thing. It's not about a contract. Well, okay. It's, it's minicamp. Like, let's go put this thing to bed. Let's go put it to rest and let's go get ready for the season. But, the way that it ended didn't end well. And you just wonder, is there a carryover to the season right now? It's a great point. I said this, Baldy, when this happened the other day. Um, 
part of this is, and I know fans don't think about this stuff like this, but if there is strife and you leave and you come back and now camp starts, steal some animosity. The best teams and the best coaches get that crap out. You got a problem with me? I got a problem with you. Here's the deal. Boom. Coach, sorry. We dap it up and we keep it moving. But the guys that keep it in and the coaches that keep it in and then you get back to the season and then all of a sudden there's an issue during the season and people go, well, why isn't the offense performing the way it should? Well, go back to minicamp when Stephon Diggs said, hey, you know, I got an issue and nobody wanted to talk about it. So to your point, they got to get this resolved internally. I don't I don't need to know. I'd like to hear from Stephon about what happened. But they got to get this resolved because, again, there's too much talent in the building for them to be clowning around and having their number one wide receiver who's making, you know, 18 or 20 million dollars a year causing issues and then having the quarterback and the star, you know, edge rusher having to defend him. That That's yeah. not a good spot. It's not a good spot. And, you know, if you go back to that loss against Cincinnati at home, it was an ugly loss. I mean, they scored 10 points. They weren't competitive. Stephon Diggs wasn't happy. No, uh, you know, his behavior on the sideline was indicative. In, so, but they got beat in the trenches in that game badly. And so, you know, they addressed some of it in the draft and free agency in the offensive line. Some changes in the defense line. Getting Vaughn back healthy will certainly help, you know, a big part of defense. Um, middle linebacker's gone. I mean, there's some changes. The defense coordinator is taking a sabbatical. It's weird. I'm a big fan of Leslie Frazier. But it's a little bit bizarre. Yeah. Uh, he's just going to step away for whatever reason. Sean McDermott's going to call the defense. That's a, that's a, that's an issue. Uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, Sean McDermott has called plays before he could do it, but it's it's a change. So, uh, this this um, it'll be. I mean, we're all going to be watching. Like, what is a carryover? Is there a carryover, and what is missing? Because there's something missing there right now. All right, Baldy, I want to talk about Kirk Cousins. Um, And you just said you're not dumping on the bills. I'm not going to dump on Kirk Cousins. But I was just not a believer last year, even with all the things he did. Guys, he threw for over 4,500 yards, 29 touchdowns. They were first in their division. We know how this played out. Baldy, they won more one-score games, I think, than anybody else in the the league, right? Those one – one score including, games. Including one, Carl, that they were down 31 to nothing in. <laughs> That's right. Correct. That's right. Col- yeah, against the Colts. So, so. Um, now take out, I just want you to take out 1,173 yards from Dalvin Cook. Whoop! That's gone. And Kirk Cousins has come out and basically said, listen, I'm going to play out my contract and I'll be a free agent, you know, next year. Uh, and I'll see where this thing takes me. I don't know how much better the Minnesota Vikings are minus Dalvin Cook, but I know that's a lot that you're taking out of that offense. So I actually think there's more pressure on Kirk Cousins, despite how good Justin Jefferson is and the other guys that are there. But for Kirk Cousins, you know, he's made a lot of money, right? I mean, he's you talk about how his situation has played out. (laughs) Franchise tag, franchise tag, right? He's made a lot of money. Guaranteed deal, $80 million. But the winning's not there. Like, in the biggest moments, Baldy, the winning is not there. And and I wonder what Kirk Cousins is doing this offseason to, to, tr- to try to make sure that if he gets back into that situation, he can deliver, you know, that, that he can make those plays. And I think as much as we talk about Minnesota, still a quarterback league, guys. 
part of this is you either buy into the quarterback or you don't. If you put Patrick Mahomes in that situation last year, Baldy, I'm putting money down and saying he's going to come through. You put Joe Burrow in that position last year where, where Kirk Cousins was in, I'm going he's going to come through. There are just certain guys. Even at this point, I believe in Trevor Lawrence that way because I think he's got the confidence to, to make those throws. What do you make of the Kirk Cousins situation saying that he isn't going to talk contract until March? Well, he's just at this, you know, I mean, I, we thought that the Vikings might very well draft a quarterback this year and to start grooming him, you know, for the, because the, the, the end is, is near, you know, Kevin O'Connell, the general manager, like Quezzy, like they're, they're not tied to Kirk Cousins. You know, they saw, I mean, if anybody knows anything, you know, Kevin O'Connell saw uh, a Matt Stafford come to Los Angeles and win a Super Bowl and come in and play, you know, play really great football. And so like, he's, he's seen what that's like. I mean, he's tied to Kirk cause he was in Washington with them and he, he knows, you know, his evolution, but we're at the end with Kirk. I mean, Kirk has said this multiple times that, you know, he's basically a 500 quarterback with a real sketchy playoff record. And he knows that when you get paid the type of money that he's been paid, you got to play better in the postseason. Now, defensively, they were awful last year. And so the Giants went up down the field. They scored. They beat them at home. And it was an ugly end to a, what was a pretty good season. But we all thought they were kind of frauds all year long. And Kirk was part of it. Because in the big games, is he giving you that Mahomes performance, a Joe Burrow performance? Not really. And so there's room to upgrade there. But it's interesting. Like, you know, Zadaria Smith is gone. Dalvin Cook is out. Yep. Kirk isn't re-signed. I feel like this thing is being reshaped and rebuilt on the fly. And Kirk is going to be the next guy to be gone. Like, he can play it out. And, you know, if he has a phenomenal season, maybe there's a market for Kirk next year someplace. And maybe it's Minnesota. But, you know, if you listen to the, the rumors, maybe Daniil Hunter can be had right now. So, like, this is a team that is – on the change and they've got, they've got pieces. I'm Adam Thielen is gone. You know, they've got pieces and Justin Jefferson and you could point to some defensive players. Eric Kendricks is gone. Like the, the foundation to this team has just been slowly chipped away. And, and so I feel like Kirk is just going to be part of that chip. Like he's going to be the next one to get chipped away. All right, Baldy, before we get out of here, I just want to mention Lamar. He talked about playing with OBJ and how he feels about, you know, getting this opportunity. He feels like the offense is going to be better, obviously, at minicamp, which a lot of people didn't think he would be there, right? We didn't know if he'd get the deal and all that stuff, and it's all played out. But um, you went and visited the Steelers, and I just want to give some love to this division because I don't know what the best division in football is going to be. It may be – you know, the East this year. I, I don't know. With the Eagles and the Cowboys being really good, and if the Giants are on the come, you could have three teams back in the playoffs from that division again. But I think the Cleveland Browns are going to be better. I think the Steelers are going to be better. Certainly, I know what Cincinnati is. And if Lamar stays healthy, that division is a juggernaut because I think mm-hmm. all four of those teams, the way that they play, and so I just I'm, – I'm looking at this and I'm going, all right, how many games get you in the playoffs in that division? Like you got to win, you got to win eleven in that division. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, is a nine game, you know, nine wins in that division because you got to play everybody twice and, and they could, you know, everybody could split. You just don't know, especially at home. But I look at that division and I go, maybe this might be the toughest division in football, Baldy. What do you think? I think it's the toughest division, top to bottom. Um, you know, between the coaches, I mean, look, I mean, how many different divisions have Super Bowl winning coaches in it? You know, I mean, if you look at Harbaugh, you look at Tomlin, and then you look in Cincinnati at, you know, what Zach has done, and he's been to a Super Bowl. And so, yep. you know, just from the coaching standpoint, like it's it's all there. Um, you know, Lamar is, uh, you know, obviously he's there and he's excited, but if you just look at what is around him right now, I mean, Mark Andrews has been his go-to guy, no question about it, but you know, Rashad Bateman is coming back from injury. Number one pick Odell Beckham has been a star in this league. He wants to be there. He wants to play with Lamar. He's got that chance, you know, and then they draft Zay Flowers. Like you, you've got three high number one draft picks at receiver now with a, you know, a pro bowl tight end. And then you, you know, with a team that has been built around the run. Now, Greg Roman's gone. Here's Todd Munkin. All right. Does the change the coordinator? Like, because Lamar flat out, if he wants to get to the postseason and win in the postseason, he's got to throw the ball better and they've got to be a better passing team. He could once again, you know, they could lead the league in rushing. They've done all that. It didn't make any difference in the postseason. So, like they have to improve the passing game. And this would be a real departure from what Greg Roman did. And to Greg's credit, and I like Greg Roman, he just played to his strengths. All right, Lamar's a beast. They can't defend him. We've got good backs. Our offense line is built to run. We got this 300 pound, you know, ex, you know, fullback tight end that seals the edge for us. We we have all these different plays. Nobody can really stop them. But we can't throw the ball with for chunks. So they're going to get that chance now. And Odell's going to get a chance to become a number one wide receiver again uh, in this offense and be the, the alpha male, which he's capable of doing. He's he, he just listening to Odell now. He's like, he's all grown up. He's like a yeah. real man. Yeah. Like he's, the childish stuff is gone. Like he's like, he's, he's evolved. You know, you, you kind of love to see it. Like he's a, he's a responsible, real adult right now. And, you know, there was questions whether, that was going to happen in, you know, during his career, but he's that guy. And so Lamar's got everything he could possibly want, including a big fat contract. <laughs> go watch him do it. And, you know, I, I saw signs before the injury last year that he was becoming a better thrower from the pocket. Well, we've got, he's got to take that step this year and it remains to be seen um, if he can do that. Yeah. That division's a beast, man. It just is guys subscribe in the huddle. Like us, tell your friends. We're here every week, Tuesday and Thursdays. We'll be here during the offseason. Uh, and we'll be talking about all the things that, you know, leading up to training camp. And then once we get to camp, you know, we're making our rounds. We're doing all the things. And, and then it gets really fun because now you're gearing up for the season and it's all business. Baldy, you know this. It's funny because, you know, talking to coaches now and, and having, you know, buddies, you're just talking to them. Everybody's relaxed, right? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. just laid back and everybody's having a good time. Oh, Dukes, I'm having a great time. How you doing? Call them during the season. Can't take your call. <laughs> right? No, I'm the call. In this league right now, like if you lose two games in a row, oh. the sky's falling. Like the, the amount of pressure that's on everybody in the organization, if you lose two in a row. Remember two years ago, the Rams, who won the Super Bowl, they lost three games in the middle of the season. And they lost badly. The 49ers just whipped them 
Yep. You know, they lost to Tennessee. And, like, they went to a three-game losing streak. And, like, Sean McVay, who, you know, was on the podium holding the Lombardi Trophy two months later, like, it was – like, he didn't want to come out of the lab. He he didn't have the answers, you know. And they, fi- they figured it to their credit. They figured it out, you know, and they got back. But, I mean – Look, here, here's the message that every coach, if if many camps are finishing today, today's Thursday, yeah. uh, the 15th of June, Carl, but this is the message every coach has given their team. Come back in shape. Please. I don't want to read about you in the news. Don't do like, anything just, stupid. Yep. Don't do anything stupid. Yep. Like, go enjoy yourself. Take time off. Enjoy your family, your friends, whatever. Like, do, just take some trips. Stay out of the news. Come back in shape. I mean, that's it. That's it for the next five weeks. But yes, it's it's all um, smiles right now. But it, um, it, it changes as soon as the injuries, the adversity, the losing. As soon as that starts to mount for anybody, it changes immediately. Baldy, great stuff, man. We will talk to you guys next week. Make sure you are here. We will have uh, guests that we're going to reach out to along the way as well, and try to bring on some folks. Uh, to give us some more perspective here on the pod. In the huddle, Carl Dukes, along with Brian Baldinger, of course, Jason Lock on four, part of this podcast as well. Guys, thank you for being here. We'll talk to you next week. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 